Hey there! Welcome to Imperfectly Pollyanna, a podcast where we have real and honest talk while finding the good in the imperfections, whether in homeschool, faith, health, or overall life. I am your host, Courtney, a faith-filled homeschool mom of two, certified health coach, medical professional, and eternal optimist. I recently had an MRI done on my back due to some ongoing pain I've been having. I have also been changing some medications around, going to physical therapy, and just dealing with a literal pain in my butt. (laughs) Of course, it's more than that, but it sounded funny. I've thought about when I first started in EMS and the doctor who had to clear me to be able to work, uh, saying that, you know, like I passed the physical agility test and all that kind of stuff. He had told me then that I needed to find a new career because I would not be able to do this job in about two years because I had had a diving accident when I was 19. Now, funny enough, I made it 19 plus years instead of only doing two before things really started to get a little unstable. (laughs) What I am glad about, however, is this current situation has not prevented me from working or doing day-to-day activities. And you know what else it hasn't done? Caused my faith to falter. And the reason for that is found in this episode. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life when I've been so great with my health that I almost feel like one of those peacocks walking around showing off those beautiful feathers. (laughs) Okay, I've, I'm not ever and have never had a Victoria's Secret type of body, nor do I want one, by the way. But I've had seasons of life when I felt so great, so pumped and so full of feeling good, that when I have had the stumbling blocks, you know, life happens type of situations, I struggled to keep my hands out in front of me and not fall flat on my face. Does that even make sense? A few months ago, I met someone by the name of Kate Musing. She's a Christian health coach, a wife, a mother of three boys, and she's even like me. She's a pastor's kid. (laughs) The interesting thing about Kate is she helps women create a biblical foundation for their health habits so that healthy is a lifestyle, not a program or a season. Today, I am sharing a conversation we had together that I believe will put a brand new spin on how you see your health, your successes, your failures, and you may even have a light bulb or two go off about something you may be missing, but totally attainable in order to truly bring a whole life of wellness. Well, welcome, Kate. I am so excited that you're here. I know that just in getting to know you a little bit better, we have so much in common, including being pastor's kids, which I think is very unique in of itself. And so we have a lot in common, but I am really just wanting you to just talk to us today and share kind of like your story about how you came to your current mindset. I know that you have some valuable information as far as habits and heart issues and that kind of stuff. So, you know, just kind of tell us where, where did your story start to get you where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. I'm really glad to be here. Um, my story with health, I think like most girls starts when you're young and you, um, for me, I was kind of the chubby friend, (laughs) 
<laughs> in the group. Um, I never quite could share clothes with my friends and, and whatnot. And so weight and health were always something that I thought about, but I had a pretty distorted view of, of what that meant. I think, and I think that that's pretty, I think that's pretty typical, unfortunately. So, but my health journey really began when my youngest, uh, who is now, oh my gosh, he's almost six. When he was a year old, I have three boys and I thought, hmm, I should probably do something about this extra baby weight. <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't been pregnant in a year. And so I probably can't um, justify that anymore. And I truthfully just wasn't comfortable in my skin. I felt like I couldn't keep up with my kids. Um, I felt uh, like I just didn't have the energy and things like that. And, and what really kind of pushed me over the edge into the world of health was I was praying, you know, Lord, I was in this, this time of, we had moved to this new house. I was homeschooling my kid, one of my kids that only lasted a year. I feel like I should just clarify that, Um, (laughs) (laughs) but it was a good year. And I just felt like there's gotta be something more to this. And I was praying and I was, God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? I had always wanted to be a missionary, ready to do big things for the Lord. And God said, Hey, Kate, I gave you three little gifts and you're not really stewarding them very well. And I thought, what do you mean? And he was like, well, you can't keep up with them. You're not taking care of your body well enough to steward the gifts that I've already given you, I can't give you more. I can't trust you with more. And I thought, oh dear goodness, like I'm being disobedient by intentionally being unhealthy, right? Like, and there's a difference between having legitimate medical issues that prevent you from doing things like exercise and being willfully (laughs) like neglecting your body, right? There's a big difference. I had the ability to exercise. I was choosing not to, um, I had the ability to eat healthy and I was choosing not to. And I thought, well, if I can't, if God can't trust me to do this, you know, this, this kingdom work that he's given me right here with these boys, then you're, he's right. He's not going to trust me with anything else. So I, uh, that was the catalyst for my journey to get healthy. Um, and I started exercising. I would truthfully only do, uh, the same 10 minute yoga flow every day because I did not like being out of breath or sweating. (laughs) Same, Um, same. (laughs) I very openly talked about how I did not like exercise and I did not want to do it. And I, but I knew I could do 10 minutes. So that's what I started with was 10 minutes. And I started with really small changes. Like instead of buying cereal all the time, I started making eggs and oatmeal in the morning for our family. Um, And cereal turned into a special treat for us instead of an everyday occurrence. It was really small changes that compounded into, you know, then God trusting me with other people's health. Right. And it was this journey that I did not expect. I was never an athlete. I was never the healthy kid. (laughs) Um, 
but man, like now I get to help other people. So that's, I mean, that was the catalyst for me, for me in my health journey. Yeah. That's, I, I can relate so much to, to some of the stuff that you said, um, the whole, like not sweating thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I have to giggle because yeah, even at work, the guys that I work with, um, on the fire department, right. I know that if I'm on scene and I start to sweat, we're getting off scene as soon as we can, because <laughs> I'm not sweating, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, well, you know, it's like, but, but I can feel that conviction where even you saying that you wanted to be a missionary. That is so funny because as a kid, I either wanted to be a missionary or I wanted to be a singer and travel. And oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. And I just wanted to do those things. But what you're saying, like how, how true that is that what are we doing with the things that we have already been given, whether children or a job, like our lives, if we're right. not taking care of our bodies and our children, then why would we be used to do more? Right. And if I can't take care of my own, I mean, really, truly like my body is a gift. Mm -hmm. It's a temple of the Holy spirit. It is, it is a gift and it is my job to take care of it. Right. If I can't do that one job, how can God expect me to take care of other people? Man, that'll preach just in in itself. It did. It preached to me. Yeah. I understand. I know that whenever, um, I first had kind of like a mindset shift, um, whenever I was pregnant with my youngest mm-hmm. and, and it's funny because you're like, yeah, whenever he was, you know, he's six now. And, and I was eight months pregnant with her. I already had a three-year-old at home. And then suddenly I was like, I am sick and tired of feeling this way. Yeah. And I should be taking better care of myself because I want to be able to enjoy my children. I had no energy. I was coming up with excuses. I was great at taking care of other people and I wasn't taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. And I thought, man, what a horrible way to live life. If I'm miserable in my, in my home life and because of the choices that I am actively making purposefully making. Yes. That's exactly what it is. It was Yeah. And it wasn't that I was unfulfilled in, you know, being a mom or any of that. And I, I didn't realize that I was being disobedient. So I don't know that it was willful, but it certainly was disobedience nonetheless. Sure. I mean, sometimes we don't really know that we're actually doing something wrong because in our minds there's, I mean, at least for me, you know, you come up with excuses and they're mm-hmm. legit excuses. And you think, well, I can't do this because of this thing or, or I can't do it yeah. because I don't like to sweat. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and, but like you said, doing those small things that, you know, you can do, you don't have to do what, you know, I think it's easy to get caught up in the views of what other people are doing in social media and thinking mm. in our minds, like, oh, if we're not doing it that way, then we're not doing it the right way. And so if we're not going to be able to do that, then why even try at all? You know? Which is really ridiculous because God didn't make any of us as clones. Like we're all right. so unique. So our health journeys are going to be so unique. What works for one person is not going to work for someone else. And there are basic principles of health, obviously, you know, eat vegetables, but I'm not kidding. I have a friend who is allergic to fresh fruits and vegetables. So if he were to eat fresh fruits and vegetables, like there would be a serious consequence. So you can't even say that 
right? Like, okay, so, you know, you have to find ways around it, but barring medical issues like that, there are ways for everyone to practice health, right? It's not about being skinny or looking a certain way. It's about aligning your, your body with your heart and the spirit of God. Yeah. Which I'm thinking about the fact that, you know, whenever you, like you said, barring any type of medical issues, making those decisions and it not being a diet, it's a lifestyle and it's making those habits and, and those habits might be, be different. There's those general habits, yes, but still individualized, which is exactly how we are as people. We are all people. We're all human beings, but we respond differently and our personalities are different. So why would our healthy lifestyles be cookie cookie cutter. Right. Why, why are we expected to then, you know, fit into a box? Right. It's, and, and really, I love what you said. It's a lifestyle. You cannot expect the weight that you put on in 21 years to come off in 21 days. Amen. Can't, you Mm -hmm. can't expect it to stay off because you haven't changed your mindset. You haven't changed your habits. It's, it's the habits that make all the difference. Absolutely. And I know that you talk about, um, you know, your focus is really on five habits that you've created this to be able to help others, uh, especially women and Mm -hmm. being able to help them. And I'd love if you just, you know, if we could just chat about those, I just, I love your fifth. I love the thing that (laughs) seems to be missing. And I'm like, I am so excited about us talking about this. So, um, but yeah, if you wouldn't mind kind of just let's chat about that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, with my clients, I work on five health habits and we create, what we do is we create, um, a ladder essentially. Um, we're at the bottom of the ladder and we look at the top and we create a vision of what our ideal healthy self is, right? What is your healthy self eating? What is your healthy self wearing? Um, when you're your healthiest self, what kind of exercise are you doing? And how often all of those things, how do you feel in your skin when you're your healthiest self, right? All of those things, we create a really clear vision of that. And we put that person on the top of the ladder. And then instead of creating giant steps (laughs) to get to the top, we do teeny tiny baby steps and we focus on five areas and create five habits so that we are so that your health is really rounded out and holistic. So the five habits that we build are a nutrition habit, an exercise habit, a hydration habit, a sleep habit, and a Jesus habit. Um, and that Jesus one is the one I think that you were talking yes. about. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, I'm sorry, we're going to make a Jesus habit for my health. <laughs> yeah, yes, <what? laughs> yes, you are because Jesus is the reason that you are taking care of your body, right? As Christian women, we hear as Christian young women, we, (laughs) we grew up hearing honor God with your body. And that verse was distorted in all different ways to, and generally was, you know, skewed towards modesty, right? Right. When really the truth is honoring God with your body is taking good care of your body, right? Eating foods that are healthy, 
moving your body with intention, hydrating, and getting good rest. And if Jesus is the foundation for all of that, if we're doing that because we want to honor God with our body, then it makes sense that we would have a Jesus habit as well. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. If we're going to do all these things to show him um, our love and our, you know, gratitude, then it would make sense that we would spend time with him intentionally as well. So what does that, um, I mean, what does, I mean, maybe other people don't really know what the other four habits include either, but specifically like, how does that look? I mean, the nutrition thing is kind of an obvious thing, but what does it look like in order to include those habits, including the Jesus habit? Because in my mind and, and maybe somebody else's mind, it might look a certain way. Of course, we Mm -hmm. go back to those expectations of what we think it should be looking like. (laughs) So how do we incorporate that? Okay. The best way I know to explain it is to give you a really good example. So do I have your permission to coach you on that? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Please do. Okay. I'm open. Okay. So what we do is we go through each different category, all five of them and decide what your ideal, what's at the top of your ladder, right? What's your healthiest self. So when you have your healthiest relationship with Jesus, what does that look like? Hmm. Oh man. I know I'm putting you on the spot. (laughs) That's okay though. I'm okay with this. Okay. So my healthiest self with Jesus, right? That's what you said. Okay. I would say it would look like having a good like a real relationship with him, a friendship, not just somebody that I grew up hearing stories about. So Mm -hmm. having a good relationship with him, talking to him daily, knowing his word and not just knowing it because I've been told it, but knowing it in my heart, um, and just feeling led. I, it is my goal to, to have the Lord be so close to be so close to the Lord that, I feel him moving me every day in the direction that he wants me to go, because I know that that's the right direction to go. And so I want to be able to go out in confidence every day, knowing that the Lord is speaking to me and being aware of, of what he's saying. Okay. I love that. That's so cool. In order to have that, what do you need to do? What actions do you need to take to have that relationship with Jesus? I do think that it means, you know, for you. It. Yeah. Yeah. Checking in with him literally every day, because yeah. if I want a relationship, a relationship is not just one-sided. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Right. So I, I can't really expect him to be like, yeah, let me chit chat with you while you just kind of do your own thing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So spending yeah. time with him every day. Right. Okay. So that would be where we would start. Right. So now how much time we're going to get really personal. So mm-hmm. you can sure. make something up if you want, <laughs> Okay, but because <laughs> I did put you on the spot. That's okay. So how much time ideally would you spend with him every day in your perfect, healthiest relationship with Jesus? Would you spend like 30 minutes of quiet time and then kind of like have a prayerful, like heart all day or an hour or 10 minutes? I mean, there's no wrong answer. Sure, this sure. is what would your maintenance like relationship with Jesus be like? Well, I know, well, I know that right. So right now where I'm at right now, which is a lot further than where I've been. Um, Yes. 
Um, right now I do my morning devotional time, no matter what, yep. before I start my day. Um, and I love it. I absolutely Good. love it. Um, and I have been trying to be more mindful throughout the day, making that habit of checking in with him throughout the day, mm-hmm. just kind of like doing like a heart check, I guess is what you would yeah. say. Um, so I would definitely say staying committed to that, but ideally even doing more. So having an evening prayer time, you know, like yeah, to, to chat with him before bed. I talked to him before I get up, you know, and move for the day. So um, definitely. And it's not that I don't, I mean, I pray with my kids every night and so right, right, right. No, I, I do, saying. you know, but just having that more one-on-one time checking it. I love what you said about having that prayerful heart throughout the day, because I do try to, I have been trying to make it a habit, but I think making it into an actual habit of doing that is really where I could see myself being ideally as being able to, you know, instead of just checking in with him in the morning and the, in the evening, checking in with him, even hourly and be like, Hey, just checking in. Like, yeah, are we still absolutely. doing okay? <laughs> okay. So I love that. No, this gives me so much to go with. Okay. So you, you, you wouldn't be able to go from where you are now to that I- ideal relationship in one step, right? right? That would be overwhelming. Sure. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. in any area going from where you are now to your ideal, you know, that ideal relationship with Jesus, your ideal nutrition, any, any habit would be, it would be ridiculous to expect that of yourself. Mm -hmm. And not only that, anytime I bet you've done that in the past, tried to go from the bottom to the top, it didn't last. Right. Absolutely. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, yeah, that's why I'm so proud of where I've gotten this year with my devotionals. Yeah. So what our habits are is the teeny, tiny baby steps, right? So I want you to imagine um, brushing your teeth, okay? Brushing your teeth is a habit, I hope. Um, You do it every morning and you never miss it, right? Right. Mm -hmm. If for some reason it was five o'clock in the evening and you thought to yourself, oh my goodness, I didn't brush my teeth this morning, you would not say, oh, well, I'll do it tomorrow or (laughs) I'll start on Monday. No, you would go to the bathroom and you'd brush your teeth because it's so ingrained in you. Chances are you would never miss it. You would never get to five o'clock and say, oh my gosh, I forgot to brush my teeth. That is how ingrained these habits need to be. So from what I'm hearing, from what you're saying, One of the things, what we're going to do is we pick out one piece of that ideal relationship with Jesus, one piece, and we work on it. So I hear you saying you want to have check-ins with Jesus throughout the day. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I love to teach my clients is to have a 60 second check-in somewhere in your day where there is a natural break in the routine or a natural break between activities. So, um, car line is a great time, um, in the ride home between work and home, or, um, you know, if you work from home between one project and the next choosing one of those breaks and setting your timer for 60 seconds and just snuggling up with Jesus. Right. So what I'm saying is your habit then that you would be practicing for the next eight weeks 
is 60 seconds of Jesus snuggles one time a day. Does that feel overwhelming? Nope. That's totally doable. Right. But yeah. because it's not a part of your routine yet, mm-hmm. it's something you have to practice to become a part of your routine. But once it is, it'll feel so natural to just do it. And you will be one step closer to that ideal relationship with Jesus. And we can do the same thing with exercise, with nutrition, with water, with sleep. People think that I'm going to tell them, okay, yes, you know, hydration, you are drinking, um, you know, a glass of water a day with dinner and a diet Coke in the afternoon and a sweet tea here and coffee all day, all morning. So I want you to go from that to the ideal half your body weight in ounces a day. Oh my gosh, no, you would right. pee your pants. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you right. would be miserable and grumpy. No, I what I would suggest is that you drink two glasses of water a day. Don't take out your coffee. Don't take out the Diet Coke. Don't take out the sweet tea. Just add in one cup of water. And when you're used to drinking two cups, now let's talk about replacing one cup of coffee with water. And eventually what happens is you're don't, you're not craving the diet Coke in the afternoon anymore. You're craving water and you're drinking half your body weight in ounces. Right. Right. It, it's not an overnight change. It, your bad habits, your negative habits took however many years, years to establish. We cannot expect good habits to be established in what do they say? 21 days, 90 days. Right. That's absurd. Yeah. It's absurd. Yeah, you're totally right. And, and it goes back to literally in, in all of those habits, our body will crave whatever we're feeding it. So if we're still doing those, those bad habits, but we're including the new good ones, the longer that we do them, it makes sense that we will naturally not really have that desire to to have that extra, you know, Diet Coke or a whole bag of chocolate M and M's. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not admitting anything. <laughs> I'm speaking from experience, but I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but truthfully, people think that when you're creating new health habits, you have to. The first thing to do is get rid of the bad, and that's that's not always the case. Sometimes it's about adding something good, so that you understand. Oh giving your body a taste of what it's like to feel successful and giving your mind the idea that, Oh, I can do this. Look at what I've done. Well, if I can do that, if I can add in this good habit, it gives you the confidence to take out the bad ones, right? Because that's way harder than adding in good habits. And goodness knows as a mom, if you're running through your whole day, And you're trying to be, you're like, I'm going to be healthier for myself and for my children and for my family and my life. But you've had, like, you've run all day yeah, and you don't want to not do your habit because you need that caffeine or you need, or you think you need, I should say, you know, you think that you need those things. And, but instead of thinking, oh, I can't have that. It's well, I just need to add in, you know the 60 seconds of Jesus cuddles or, you know, drinking that extra glass of water or whatever. That seems so much more doable than having to deal with all your life experiences every day 
as a woman, as a mom, as a human being, and then trying to still be like, oh, great. And then in order to have a happier life, I've got to do all these things. Right. And here's, here's what I think moms cling to is I've got to do it perfectly. I've got to follow this exercise plan and this nutrition plan, and I've got to do it perfectly or else I have failed. But, oh my goodness, friends, (laughs) perfection leaves no room for grace. And our God is a God of grace, right? If, if God extends grace to us, surely we can extend grace to ourselves and not cheap grace where we use it as an excuse to eat a bag of M&Ms, right? And say, well, I was just, I made a mistake and I won't do it again. No, say, okay, I messed up. I should have only had one M&M or I should have prayed instead of turning to M&Ms for comfort, Right. And I wasn't perfect today, but I did get that extra glass of water. So I guess it wasn't a total bust. I'm going to do better tomorrow. Or if it's only four in the afternoon, you don't have to throw the whole day away. Like, right. Yeah. You, know I mean? like, you can make good choices for the next four hours. <laughs> right. You can do it. You're allowed to do that. Yeah. Perfection leaves no room for grace. It is so true because how many times, I mean, I've been guilty of it. I know. And I know that I'm not the only one where we've said, oh, we're going to do better. And this past year, you know, I mean, in 2020, even by itself, everybody was struggling and, you know, and dealing with stress and, you know, and confusion or fear or whatever. And, you know, and it's easy to quickly gain those bad habits. And then you're like, great. Now I'm at the end of this year. And I have, you know, I feel like it's been wasted because I've made all these decisions based on current events or life stresses or whatever, but which is totally normal because absolutely everybody has those times. Maybe it's not with food. Maybe it's with something else. And yep. But then whenever it's time to, I mean, at the end of the year, I thought to myself, I made good decisions during 2020, but I also made some not so great decisions too. And so those had become such a habit that my body was responding to those decisions that I had made and, Mm -hmm. you know, with inflammation and just fatigue and all that kind of stuff. And then having to create the things that I knew, I knew I could do it because I'd done it before, but it was like, oh, great. Now I've got to, you know, get this going back again. But I knew in my head. I, I knew where I had been. I knew how great I felt. And I knew that once I got there again, that it would be totally worth it. So putting in those, I love what you said about taking those little bitty tiny steps Mm -hmm. every day. And then you don't feel like your entire day has been a waste because you can tell yourself, well, it might've not been the perfect day, but I did do this and that was good. Right. And if those teeny tiny habits are your goal for the day, those five habits, you know, if it's drinking a glass of water, eating one vegetable, going to sleep 15 minutes earlier, what are the other ones, you know, moving your body for 10 minutes and spending 10 minutes with Jesus. If you've done those things, you don't need to worry about, you know, the pizza you ate and the Coke you drank and the hour of Netflix that you watched and, you know, you don't have to worry about those things because, okay, but I did the five things I said I was going to do. I met my goal for the day. And it sounds like setting your standards really low, right? Like people are like, well, 
but isn't that kind of like cheating? No, it's not. Yeah. If your body, if you are used to an hour and 20 minutes of Netflix a day, then to take 20 minutes out will be a big change Mm -hmm. and it'll be a lot of willpower you're going to have to use. So no, it's not cheating. (laughs) Right. It is just a new, a different way of approaching your health. And when you do it with the Jesus habit in there, it creates a biblical foundation. When you establish Jesus as your reason for getting healthy, you create a foundation that is really, it sets you up for life Mm -hmm. because life will happen. You know, we always, I think we always say that life happens, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, life happened. My kid got sick or um, I twisted my ankle or my car broke down. Can I just tell you how many times I've started a new program with people or started an accountability group and these serious things happen? It is not a coincidence. It's not quote unquote life. This is Satan because he does not want you to be healthy. That's right. Healthy people are people who are serving the Lord with their bodies, right? On are people who are obeying the Lord. Now, people who are not healthy, I'm not calling you disobedient. I'm not saying you're not right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I'm not saying that at all. I do not judge. That's not my place. I am saying though, that taking care of your body is an act of obedience and Satan sure as heck doesn't want you healthy. Because if you're honoring God with your body and you're being a good steward of that gift he gave you, surely he's going to give you more responsibility, right? In the kingdom. And Satan doesn't want that. I was started a brand new program once and I got pneumonia two days later. I have literally had people's like grandparents pass away. Like awful things happen because Satan wants to distract us and discourage us, right? But when, when our motivation is to show God love by taking care of our own bodies, it's much harder to be distracted and discouraged. That's so true. It's like whenever I was, well, whenever we were growing up, it's been this way, but you know, as a pastor's family, we always knew that Saturday night was usually whenever Satan was going to try to discourage us from church on Sunday morning right? or it was like Sunday morning, you wake Sunday up morning, getting ready to get yes. kids ready for church. It's awful every yeah, week. It really Satan is. does not want you at church. No. Yeah. Yeah. I would like get up and as a kid, I would get up and you would be tired and you know, you just didn't really want to go to church or maybe right. you did, you know, some, some kids like, like to go, but mm-hmm. as a pastor's kid, you just you didn't have a choice. There was no choice. So you got up and I'm not bunking on like being a pastor's kid and being forced to go to church because I'm glad that I was. So it was still a great childhood. I love my parents, but (laughs) (laughs) I just want to throw that out there for any judgmental Judy's or whatever, but, (laughs) (laughs) but it was one of those things of, you know, we were fighting my sisters and I, we would fight on Sunday mornings or we would wake up late or 
somebody wouldn't feel good or there was an issue with the car. There was always something happening and it wouldn't happen until Saturday night or Sunday morning. And as an adult, it's the same way Sunday morning. That's whenever people are arguing the most in my house, it's slow to get out of the house. You know, we're trying to be there on time and everybody's scrambling to still grab their shoes and we have planned. We even lay out clothes. We know what we're wearing, but suddenly something falls apart. Yeah. And, and that whole life happens, but it really isn't like what you said, like Satan doesn't want us to do good things. And it's not necessarily just good things as far as reading our Bible and praying every day. He doesn't want us to take care of ourselves. He doesn't want us to know how to interact well with people and show love to people because he is not love. So anything that involves love is not what he wants. So it makes sense to be attacked when we're trying to improve our own health with those five habits. Right. And so isn't it even more important that we have a Jesus habit? Absolutely. If we know that Satan is going to be like extra attentive, Mm -hmm. wouldn't it be, it just makes sense that we add in a Jesus habit so that we are extra in step with the spirit. And it makes those things that we come up against a little bit better to deal with. There are some things that are going to be worse than others, right? right <laughs> you know, right. but yeah. I will say like in this, just this, this year so far mm-hmm. doing, having that daily habit of my morning devotional time. And I talk about it. Like I think on every episode of my podcast, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I love the Bible in one year app and it has done so much to help like snowball effect of those habits. And whenever I'm actively, and even while I'm doing my devotional now, granted I can listen to it driving to and from work. So that is a a good quiet time, but it never fails. Even whenever I'm driving, it's like, sometimes my mind, something will trigger in my head of what I'm hearing. And I'll have to start thinking about something else. And then I'm like, Oh, great. I've just lost like five verses reading. And I'm like, (laughs) and so then I tell the Lord, like, I'm sorry, God, forgive me. Like, and it's not, I don't think that he's like, shame on you. He knows my heart, but then even whenever I'm at home and I'm trying to do it in the mornings, it's like, I sit down, I have my coffee all as well and quiet in the house. And then the dogs need out. The kids get up. They want breakfast. The rabbits are, you know, having an issue in their hutches and you know, like something right? happens. And, and I say, I just need this 20 to 30 minutes guys. Like, can we not? And it makes me struggle, but because of making this a habit, it's now become such a habit that it's just a natural thing for me to do every morning. And I look forward to it and I start thinking, what am I going to have today? And the prayers that are included in it are fantastic. They never, it never fails. I go through my day and I'm like, Oh, I prayed that prayer this morning and here I am in this situation, (laughs) but yeah, but it's so great because I at least have that confidence to know that even whenever I'm struggling, even when everything seems to be falling apart during the day. I have that fifth habit, that Jesus habit that is continuing to grow. And it, man, you are so on point with saying like having that as a foundation makes Mm -hmm. the world of difference and literally everything else in your life. Everything, everything, everything. And that is why the five habits are for everyone because, you know, let's imagine that you do have a medical condition 
and you can't exercise, um, you know, or something happens, I don't know, anything happens to prevent you from doing one of the other four, that one, man, that one, mm-hmm. the Jesus habit, like it just, it keeps us so grounded because our, our situations change, right? Like the amount of time you have to exercise could change as an example. So maybe right now you've got an hour a day, but in a different season of life, you might only have 20 minutes, three times a week, right? Seasons of life change, but you know, it doesn't ever change Jesus, right? Like Jesus doesn't change. He doesn't go anywhere. He stays right with you right? He is Emmanuel, God with us. He doesn't change. So that habit doesn't ever have the relationship, no matter what habit you're working on, the relationship doesn't have to go away or be altered in a significantly negative way. And it's such like a, an encouragement to think so many times we struggle with thinking, oh, well, I messed up, you know, whether it's something that you ate or you didn't meet one of your goals for the day. Um, even if you didn't get stuff done, that's on your to-do list, not even that are in part of your habits, but just something went wrong and you struggle, you feel like a failure or you feel like you're not living up to the standards that you have Mm -hmm. created in your mind, because that's where they're at. (laughs) They're not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and you think, I've completely failed or everything is awful. And I tend to be very dramatic. So especially, (laughs) so if one thing is really bad, it's like life is the worst, but yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've worked on that, but it's one of those, (laughs) it's one of those things of when you have that foundation and you know, who's you are, then whenever, and you know who he is, then mm-hmm. whenever you screw up, how many times, and this goes back to whenever you build that relationship with him more, and that includes reading the word and talking to him, whenever you realize who he is, because you're in the word it, I mean, the things that I have learned just yes. in the past six months are, are things that I have read that I have never, I don't recall ever reading or learning about as a kid. I, I yeah. don't know. And, but if I heard them, I have forgotten them. So, Uh but learning about who he is totally changes how you see yourself and your own failures, because you read about how, who God used and they were hot messes. They were, Oh yeah. I mean, there were some exceptions to the rule, Mm -hmm. but there were very few of them. The majority of people were so imperfect. And not just imperfect, and then and then they suddenly became holy and righteous and whatever. They still screwed up, and yet God still used them, and right. over and over again. And so, whenever we have that relationship with Him, that's something that I've learned, or I've been continuing to learn, is that whenever you have that that foundation and you learn more about who He is, then whenever you mess up, it makes it a little bit better. I, I don't really know the, the words to say, but it makes it a little bit more bearable because you know that even if you have failed by the world standards, by your family standards, by your friends, whoever that you think is judging you, if you have failed or you're judging yourself, it doesn't mean that you can't still be used. It doesn't mean that you aren't so loved, that you're not still chosen, that you aren't still special to him because he created you 
And if you are doing your part, even whenever you make mistakes, he's going to continue to stand there and show up and be there for you and with you and through you. And what a peaceful place we can be at whenever we come to that realization in our lives. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I mean, when we're not, I just kept thinking when you were talking, like you're, you're so dead on, like when we mess up and we're not in a good relationship with Jesus, we immediately move into a shame cycle. Mm -hmm. Right. And shame is not from the Lord. Shame is Satan's little manipulation of conviction. Right. But when we are, as the Bible calls it in step with the spirit, when we are intimate with the Lord, we don't move into shame. We move into grace when we mess up and it's, it's such a huge shift. It's such a huge shift in every area of life. This is so good. I'm just like, (laughs) I'm just like, oh man, Lord, this is exactly what I needed today. This is just, you know, like, it's just so good. I, it, it's good to have those reminders and it's, and I always think that it's important to always be learning. And so even whenever you, it's kind of like, as a kid, I thought I knew all the Bible stories (laughs) and then realized I did it. Now I'm reading the Bible and I'm like, what? Yeah. And you know what, what? So something that really sticks out to me is like, and I've even told my dad this watching as I'm reading and I'm realizing you, like, I find myself talking to the people. I'm like, he told you, and you did that. Like, what are you thinking? And, (laughs) and you're going this, you know, you're like, it's like watching the big old movie and you're like, no, don't go through the door, you know? Right. (laughs) You don't go down the dark hallway. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so it's like those things that you think, you know but maybe you don't, or maybe you need a different view of it or something like that, or just kind of starting fresh. Like the great thing is that even if you had a rough day, if you met those five habits or even one of the five habits, if you keep that, that Jesus habit, and then you mess up all the other things, you're still doing great. And the the next day it's a new every morning. And so you get to try again and again. And as long as you're trying, that's how you form the habits. And so learning. And that's why I'm loving talking to you because you're saying such good stuff. I'm like, yes, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if I'm at the gym or if I'm like at the church, but whatever we're, we're here for it. (laughs) But I just, I think that it's such an important thing for people to grasp that struggle because maybe they feel like they have failed so many times of Mm -hmm. getting healthy. They've tried all the things that are all over social media. And they're like, Oh, let me try this pill or this drink or this exercise routine or for the love. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, it's such, I really hope that, that those listening, that they can hear us whenever we're saying like, you don't have to do what the world is doing and you don't have to do it the way that even your best friend is doing it, but there are things that you can do. And let me just say this, you need to trust yourself because really deep down, we all know what it takes to be healthy right now, culture and social media and whatnot want to confuse you into thinking that X, Y, or Z are the healthiest ways to be healthy. But we all know that intentional movement and wise food choices 
are the foundation for health. <laughs> okay. We don't have to overcomplicate it. We don't have to. It is not. Now, if you were working towards a very specific health goal, you know, you were working for a fitness competition, you know, or a bodybuilding competition. Yes, there would be many more specifics that would be involved, a lot more science. Okay. But if you are wanting to be healthy, move your body on purpose, eat something healthy, eat a vegetable, right? Do those two things. And every day or every week, do a little more than you did before. And one thing you said, you know, sometimes life happens and yes, I preach, preach five habits, right? Like, because it's holistic, but I have a lot of clients who, after they learn the system and learn, you know, and go through my program with me, they're like, okay, so I've been doing this and do I just keep working on the five habits? I'm like, yep. And they're like, okay. And then again, life hits in a different season of life happens. And they're like, oh my gosh, Kate, like I can't do all five right now. Okay. Do one focus on your Jesus habit right now. And maybe, you know, eat one vegetable a day. And they're like, I'm allowed to do that. Yes. It is your health. You are allowed to focus on one thing at a time. If you're overwhelmed, don't let your health be something that's overwhelming you. Your body is meant to be a blessing, not a big fat downer. Like <laughs> you're, you're allowed to focus on one thing. And when that season lets up and you're in a new season and you've got a little more time, then go back to the, you know, to two habits or three or four or five. The five are there because it makes it well-rounded and they're small so that they're attainable each, you know, in and of themselves and together. But if you're in a season of life where five feels overwhelming, focus on your Jesus habit, get that down, and then work on your hydration habit. And once you have that down, add one more. And eventually you'll have the five. You're just not doing them simultaneously, which is okay because it's your body and your yep, life. Absolutely. Amen. Amen, sister. <laughs> so um, uh-huh. I know... I know, unfortunately we need to wrap this up, but, um, I'm loving this so much, so we might have to have you back. <laughs> so, um, please, I'd love to come so back. talking about your program. Um, I do want to make sure that we mention that. Yeah. And so what is it called? How do people find you and your program and all the things? Yeah. Um, so my program is called victory. Um, because I want you to have victory in your health, right. And in your relationship with Jesus. And he is the only one who brings us victory. So, uh, the program is called victory. It is a video course. So it's self-paced, but there is a Facebook group, um, community where, um, I pop in a couple times a week and that community is there for accountability and, um, you know, encouragement and whatnot. Yeah. You can find me. I think the best way to find me is on Instagram. It's your Christian health coach is my handle. And from there, um, my links are in my bio there for victory and, um, and all that. And I do, um, throughout the year I do coach victory. So I do take people, walk people through victory, um, where we have, you know, a small group of women 
and we meet once a week on Zoom and we actually, I will coach you through it. Um, but the Victory Video Program is always, always, always available through my website, which is yourchristianhealthcoach.mykajabi.com. Perfect. I will make sure to put it in the show notes too with that all linked so that everybody can get it. I hope that they will hope and pray that everybody will check it out because I know that what you're doing is so unique and I truly believe it's life-changing or can be life-changing for people that are willing to just step out there and do it. So I really, and I'm also somebody that I believe that who, and I've mentioned it before, but I believe that people that are listening are the ones that are supposed to hear oh, things. I agree. Um, and so I feel like the people that are listening to this, whether it speaks to them personally, or they have thought about somebody that this could really speak to, I really hope that they will, you know, that the listener will hear it and will take that step of whether it's reaching out to you or sending this interview, this podcast episode to whoever they're thinking yeah. of. And I truly believe that that can be used. And so I'm so grateful for what you are doing. And I'm so grateful that you've, that we've connected and you've been on here. And I'm just like, I'm like, yes, yes this is I know, so, great. so energized to go, you know, to the rest I of my know. day, not work out. I already did that, but to go through the rest of my day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, this has totally turned my day Yay! around. I was tired and now I'm pumped up and ready. And I just, Love, I think that that community and that connection is so important. Oh my important goodness, we were not meant to, to do it alone, know. right? Oh, no. Yeah. Right. <sighs> That's a whole other episode. That is episode. a whole other episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. Again, I will put all the ways to connect with you um, on the show notes, but we'll also make sure to share that on all of our social media stuff too, so that everybody can find oh, thank you. you. So, thank you so thank much. Thank you. I wrote down so many notes to remember about this conversation, but one thing that really stuck out to me was when Kate said, perfection leaves no room for grace. What a statement that holds so much truth, right? So I'm just wondering, are you holding on to the idea of what a perfect healthy life looks like and the minute that you mess up on any of those things, you're just like, it's unattainable. I'm done. <laughs> or out of the five habits of that healthy ladder, is there something that you could take just tiny steps towards improving? I know I sure can. I'm hoping this podcast finds those needing encouragement, support, or community. If that's you, you found a friend. Make sure to follow Imperfectly Pollyanna on Facebook or Instagram, as well as I would love if you would share this episode with someone that you know and care about. I've also put the connection information for Kate in the show notes. I hope you'll continue showing up as we find the good together. Remember, you are loved and I am so glad you're here. See you next time.